welcome back to another episode of Storytime with Stu. I hope that you are thoroughly enjoying these. I am. If you're not, I'm not sorry because I'm having a good time. So uh, we are reading through a couple different books in these kind of mini-sodes that we're doing. And in this episode, we're going to be reading through chapter three, chapters three, there's three different sections, Bob and Jobeth Hooker's, that is kind of Jobeth Hooker, it's kind of hard to say, um, Romance in Marriage, you can see that if you're watching, uh, Keeping the Flame Alive. And again, as an intro, I'll, I'm just going to do this on every episode in case you're coming in, not on the first one, which is totally fine. Um, there is valid information to be gleaned from each episode, whether you're coming in on chapter one or the introductions, the forewords, or we're halfway through finishing up the book. So, which apparently is going to take us a while <laughs> at the rate I'm going. But um, the thing to keep in mind with these books, because I'm reading, we're also reading through uh, Jack Scott's um, Dating with a Purpose, which is vastly entertaining. Um, the thing to keep in mind with these books, two things. Number one, they are of a sexual nature. Well, this, this one more than that one. The one we're reading in this episode more than Jack's Scott's, at least for the most part. So they're of a sexual nature, so we're going to be talking about that sort of thing. This is not an episode that I would recommend for young ears. If you're the parents, it's up to you, but uh, maybe wait till they're teenagers or something, I don't know. Ironically, and I think I mentioned it before with this book, um, this is was like the too hot to handle book. In fact, that's a segment in each chapter. And that was, it was something that I would sneak into my parents' bedroom to read um, because it was, you know, illicit, is that the word? No, that's not the right word. Um, Graphic, a little graphic uh, for us IFB kids who had no knowledge of anything sexual, unless a pastor, of course, said it from the pulpit, and that was okay. So we will get into chapters, each chapter three. There's a chapter, I believe the first chapter is for the women. Without further ado, Romance and Marriage, Keeping the Flame Alive, chapter three. Let me start off with a little cartoon. I'm not going to try to visualize it for you. That'd be a little difficult for me. Keeping the Fire Raging. This should be scintillating. And of course, we, we read with a, uh, a scripture verse from Song of Solomon. Uh, 8.6, set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death. I like that. If your marriage is boring... Okay, sorry, the other disclaimer I forgot to say at the very beginning. Are two, two more disclaimers. <laughs> now that I've... I know people hate me for this. I get it. It's just the way I am. I can intro for days, and I do. And I would say I'm sorry if I was, but I'm not. It's just how I do it. So just skip it. You can skip ahead. Just skip ahead. <laughs> You're killing me. Uh, two more Two more things to keep in mind. Some of the ideas, the thoughts, the, uh, uh, the ideas for activities and dates that I brought up in these books sound like they sound like, you know, good ideas. They, they should work. They, they sound like... Um, you know, just regular everyday stuff, but you have to, um, you have to make sure that you're thinking of them inside the IFB subculture, if that makes sense. So it's not just, hey, take your wife to a football game. Hey, dress up for your husband, like stuff like that. It all sounds, you know, almost benign sometimes or cutesy, but inside the IFB where the man is the ruler of the house and the woman is to be subjected under his heel and... You know, she, she's the keeper at home, and he comes home and spanks the kids and gets to have sex with the wife and goes to bed. Like, that's really the, the ideal IFB. Some would disagree, but it is what it is. That's the ideal IFB, male chauvinistic, uh, patriarchal, hierarchy setup. So 
yeah, take your wife to a football game. Sounds good. However, you can't watch the halftime show. You can't watch the cheerleaders. You can't listen to the rock music. You don't have the money to go to a football game. Why? Because you paid all your money to the church, even if you're the pastor in most cases. So, again, they sound cute, but they're not. That's the first thing. Second thing, and I will always hammer this home with both of these books, that condescension is real. I believe that's a word. If it's not, I'm just referring to them being condescending. Just the way things are spelled out, it's not, um, hey, here's some tips. Hey, this might work. Hey, try that. It's, you're really fucking dumb. Yeah, I'm going to say words like that. You're really fucking dumb. And so let me spell everything out for you letter by letter because you don't know how to take your wife on a date. You don't know how to, you didn't know how to date your girlfriend. That People will disagree and say like, no, we were just trying to make it. So, no, man, it's extremely condescending. And the insight that I have, because I sat under this man's preaching in Bible college and before, and I sat under preaching like his my entire life, the insight I have is, Sure, you can say that, well, when we penned those words, we meant it differently. You didn't. I listened to your sermons. I sat under you. I was berated by you over and over and over again. I have friends who have personal stories about my sister included, about the things that you did to them, said to them, and made them feel belittled and just fucking shitty. And so, yeah, it's condescending. Okay, personal rant over. Let me continue. <laughs> if your marriage is boring, it's your fault. You reap what you sow. When was the last time you were creative and expressive with your love? Again, this is written strictly for women. We're talking to the women here, only women. I'm not supposed to create this. I'm not a woman. It is so easy to expect the husband to be the one to stimulate romance that a wife forgets that she can do it too. She does. I think we all are guilty. It's not just, I don't know. It's just, I don't like, again, I get it. You know, you got to keep level playing field, but like, Singling out the women and saying like, oh, look, it's your job. It's not just his job. Yeah, sure, it's not just his job. And to say that, well, you forget it, but you're not supposed to. What happens if he forgets it? All right. It's going to take me forever to get through this one. It is also easy to fall into a routine of romantic expression that causes our relationship to see to seem monotonous and dull. I almost read it as monstrous. <laughs> All you need is to light a match, fan the flame, and get those coals burning again. Think romantic, that's bolded, since most men are very self-conscious about expressing emotion and are uncomfortable with the idea of being romantic. I don't think they're uncomfortable with the idea of being romantic, but yes, um, um, self-conscious about expressing, emo expressing emotion, that's brought on by this kind of preaching that's going on behind me right here and the kind of culture, subculture that we grew up in. So let me speak to that for just a moment. It is up to the wife to generate the electricity and get the sparks flying. There you go. And again, this goes, this harkens back to what we read in a previous chapter where if your husband cheats on you, it's not a direct quote, it's pretty damn close. If your husband cheats on you with the secretary, if he's the pastor, he's the assistant pastor, he cheats on you with the secretary, it's because she was doing something you weren't. Duh, no shit. But also, you should take lessons from her. That's a paraphrase, but it's damn close. God made women the romantic thinkers, so think. Then act and do. Again, condescending. Yes, think, act, do. Thank you. I, I wouldn't have known otherwise. He wants it too. And if you do enough of it, what is it? Can you guys just say sex, please? What, enough of it, he may catch on and start planning and doing some things himself. Remember, you reap what you sow. Tip number three. So again, these are now that was the that was the whole chapter, I think. Now we're into the tips and the two out to handle. Tip number three, romance is about little things. 
It is the small gestures, the little ways of making life with your lover more special. I don't disagree with that. By the way, get used to calling him your lover instead of husband or dad. Yes, because this is a Cary Grant 1950s movie. The term alone will spark enthusiasm. Romance is more than obligation. Romance, like that of celebrating a birthday. Romance is more than is more than obligation. Oh, romance is more than obligation. Romance, like that of celebrating a birthday. Still, still not getting it. Sorry, Joe Beth or Bob, whoever will pin this. It's not coming through. It is found in the little surprises, the funny greeting card, the Friday no reason candlelight dinner, the spur of the moment getaway, or spontaneous love letter. I don't disagree with that. The optional thing you don't have to do, but should. It's all optional, by the way. It's a lot more fun and genuinely romantic. Idea number three. Have a special signal when in a room of crowded people that says, I love you. Then use it often. Again, this is condescending as hell, people. That shit comes up. That that happens. That, and I'm not saying every relationship is perfect. Every relationship, even inside the IFB, is a healthy, marital, or, or, or sexual, romantic relationship. From being married myself to having a relationship after that, that's a natural thing. Having a little, having things with the person that you're with, unless you've only been with them for a month or two, and even then it can happen. That's a pretty natural course of events. Now I get it if what she or he, whoever penned this, I believe it's Joe Beth, what they're trying, what they're trying to say is, hey, you know, you need to, if you had one of those, you need to re up it or whatever. I get that, but that's not what's being said here. It's in very plain English, like you need to have this thing. The thing that everyone has, the thing that comes extremely naturally, you need to do it. No shit. Too hot to handle. How to romance your wife. I'm confused. Oh, okay, okay. Doing me a confused. I got it now. How to romance your wife. Compliment her. Okay, this is so sexist. Wait till, wait till, wait till you hear this. Okay, how to romance your wife. Because it's really difficult to romance your wife. Like, you got to do all these things. Compliment her, cuddle her, kiss her, caress her, love her, stroke her, tease her, protect her, comfort her, hug her, hold her, listen to her, care for her, stand by her, support her, buy flowers for her, go to the ends of the earth for her. How to impress your husband? Show up naked. That's it. That's it. And for those of you watching, those of you that are seeing this, here's what. Here's how to romance your wife. It's all this, right? Here's how to romance your husband. It's, it's this. Show up naked. I'm not saying that I don't think any of those things are incorrect. I'm not saying any of those things are not correct. But to make it this thing where, man, it's so difficult, you got to do all these things, or here's the li laundry list, literally, of things you got to do to, to, to romance your wife, but to romance your husband, you show up naked. I'm not saying it's not going to romance him, and I'm not saying that um, how to romance your wife, any of those are wrong. But to put it in this context and make it feel like it's such a chore, because that's, come on, there's no two ways about that. That's ridiculous. And then a quote from Beverly Hiles, rest in peace, being loved is life's second greatest blessing. Loving is the first. Now on to the fellas. Protecting the flame, chapter three. Romance is more than the physical. This is something that Bob beats. Here's, here's what frustrates me. And I need to do a whole episode. I know I need to do a whole episode about the whole, the way you're raised and, and how dating is presented and the fact that the idea of marriage is this perfect storybook, white picket fence thing, and it's, it's really not, and that's okay. But when you grow up just watching old school movies and having you know your, your pastor and, and your leaders parade their spouses out in front of you and pretend like everything's great when at home, it's really 
episodes of Greenleaf or Righteous Gemstones. It's chaos. It's anger. It's hatred. It's bitterness. But in front of everyone, it's a different thing. And that is an impossible standard to meet. And that is frustrating. And it causes a lot of guys and gals or has in our, in our circles to get into relationships, romantic relationships, even marriages that they aren't happy in just because they thought, well, I got to make this work. I got to figure it out. And that's, that's bullshit. So anyways, romance is more than physical. I wanted to get out with that because I don't know what Bob's going to get into here, but I got a pretty good guess. And they love to hammer home from the pulpit and in counseling and, and in all manner of media, how, you know, sex, 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 they're, they're obsessed with it, mostly same-sex relationships, but, and that's the truth, but the IFB like to hammer home so many things about sex, but then the practical side of it, the side of, hey, can we have sex before marriage to make sure we're compatible? Hey, you know, can you teach me about sex? Nah, man, you'll figure it out on your wedding night, you'll figure it all out. What the fuck is that? Anyways. Bob's trying to hammer home like it's more than physical. Yeah, cool. That's cool to put in your book, and that's not untrue. But at the same time, from the pulpit across America to thousands of teenagers, you've harped on sex. Yes, not to do it. Sure. But you talk about it all the time. You obsess about it. And then in here you want to say, well, it's not all about sex. So which is it? Because you can't have your cake and eat it too. Ezekiel 20, 47. I will kindle a fire in thee, so flaming... The flaming flame shall not be quenched. I don't know if that's KJV. It's got to be. But the flaming flame. All right. Maybe we'll maybe we'll make that the title of this episode. The flaming flame. Because that just sounds funny. I'm just criticizing the Bible. I'm not even criticizing Bob. The Bible. Or I should say the interpreters that King um, James put into that. All right. Observation number three. If you light a candle and walk with it, you have to cut. He's sermon illustrations are. Oh, it's so droll. Droll? No, no, no. Mundane, mundane hand around the candle to keep any draft from blowing out the flame. When you have no intentions of making a bigger fire with the candle, you may be using the candle for light or simply enjoying the beauty of the candle itself. I use them for smell, but whatever you want, Bob. No candle looks truly beautiful until it is lit. In like manner, there are times when a greater fire may not be an option, and it is at these times that a husband should be wise. Men live by reason in seemingly every situation of life until it comes to the physical relationship in marriage. That's simply not true. That That is a false statement. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but you are making this, Bob, across the board. Men live by reason in seemingly every situation of life until it comes to the physical relationship in marriage. It is absolutely not true. So I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying it never happens, but to make it sound like it's an across the board truism, that's just silliness. Suddenly, he is driven by sheer emotion, desire, and impulse. It would benefit every relationship if the husband would strive to understand the physical and emotional needs of his wife because they've had it hammered into their heads since they were children or since they converted to the IFB that women are cattle. Women are for food and babies. That's all they're for. There is no excuse for, not, for being in a romantic relationship, married or otherwise with a woman, and not seeking to, and I'm not trying to be like, the the cool guy that gets nah, nah, nah. I'm just saying that's not okay to not and, and it goes both ways but because this is starting to come off as sexist right it goes both ways but there's no excuse for a guy not to be to, to search out what she really wants and, and and honestly there's no need for her to stick around if he doesn't when it when it comes to this scenario that Bob is putting together however for Bob to say like well look this is just how guys are and and here's how to fix it yeah you're part of the problem though 
as far as what made them that way. In the subculture of the IFB, they've been taught this about women. And so why do you expect them to treat them any differently? You're literally teaching men that women are um, kind, of, kind of throwaway humans and in a sense, and then you're condemning them for believing what you taught them. It's ass backwards. Even the wife who aspires to be available for her husband's every desire will still have times when her interest wanes or when intimacy is not an alternative. Huh? Did I skip a page? Do not take these times personally. Take them patiently. I can get that. This understanding will very much will be very much appreciated by your wife when she is feeling poorly or not capable of being available. Husband, love her enough to want to sacrifice your desires for an evening or two. Promotion. She will be grateful and admire. Again, I love how they dance around sex. Can you just say, hey, sometimes you guys can't be fucking because she's not feeling it. And guess what? That happens to guys too. It's not just like it's not just a one-way street. It's guys can feel that way too. And 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 a woman is down and a man is not, and they've been in a relationship for a long time. It happens. All right. She will be grateful and admire the effort, and you will have, you will find you have, in reality, cupped your hand around a small flame on a beautiful candle and kept it burning for another night's adventure. Again, I don't disagree with the concept here of what he's saying. I disagree with the way it's presented. Very sexist, um, and again, very condescending. Tip number three. Dr. Jack Heil said, here we go. They love this guy. I mean, he put him on, so I get it. We are so prone to complain because the roses have thorns rather than to rejoice because the thorns have roses. Jack was a true entrepreneur. That's what we do. We just switch words around. <laughs> Keeping a right attitude toward your wife's uneasy times will be reason for rejoicing in the good. Idea number three, leave a single rose on her pillow with a love note attached. Not a bad idea, but something you could easily come up with yourself. Much better idea to come up with uh, on your own, I'm sure. Too hot to handle. Here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? Can you handle it? Fix her a hot bath. Add some fragrance to it. Let her get in. Then crawl in with her. That is very hot, Bob. I'm not going to lie. Um, especially if the bath is hot. Uh, and then the quote is, Today's preparation determines tomorrow's achievement. Not untrue. I'm not liking how much I'm uh, agreeing with <laughs> some of this stuff. Again, to be fair, I'm not agreeing with the way it's presented and the, the overt sexism that exists. I'm not, but I'm not saying this book is all trash. There are ideas in here that work. It's just the way they're presented is crude at best and uh, extremely sexist. There's just no like, there's no two ways about it. All right, chapter three, and this is for for everyone. This is for both couples. Letting the sparks fly. They, they did a good job of giving that as well with the titles, like keeping them all flaming, flaming flame titles. Uh, Proverbs eight twelve. I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Gets me real hot and bothered. I'm glad you put that in there. Proverbs 8.12. Romance is a must, as it will help you get through the crisis years that are going to come. There are five great danger areas in every marriage. Talk down, talk down to me, Bob. Not dirty to me. Down to me. The first year brings an adjustment danger. Okay, okay, I take it back. You're, you're right. You're right. That sentence is right. Let's see what's beneath it. The wife finds out her husband is not Prince Charming, but if you were living together before, or if you were staying over before, you would already know. But you're not allowed to do that, are you, Bob? 
And the husband discovers that she is not Martha Stewart. This was before Martha did time. Bob is not saying he discovers she's not a felon guilty of insider trading. Okay? Truthfully, it's easier to forgive shortcomings and failures when the fun and passions are hot. I, I don't. That sounds like a toxic relationship to me. Just, just to be honest, that doesn't sound like. That's not. He's trying to make it sound balanced, but in my opinion, like, oh, you know, it, it's it's you know she's. She or he, you know, we don't disagree on a lot, but we have good sex. Or we don't agree on a lot, but we have great sex and great makeup sex. Like, well, there's more to it than that. Um, anyways, not that I have to school Bob on that. He wrote a book. Number two, the eighth year, we skipped quickly. <laughs> the eighth year usually brings financial pressure. If you're in the IFB, the first few months bring financial pressure. Getting, trying to go on a honeymoon on a budget, uh, getting a place to stay finally acclimating to what what each other needs the fact that only one of you can have an income basically no man not year eight year one month one this is often coupled with the needs and disciplinings of young children okay eighth year okay that makes sense disagreement over budgeting and parental tactics disrupt a lot of marriages don't have kids then don't fight talk out these problems communication and pastoral advice fuck that go to actual therapy is the key to success Discussing potential problems before they arrive and settling on a course of action will tremendously help with the handling of both the finances and the children. Routine ways of lovemaking can also add to the eight-year danger time and cause untold frustration. Bob wants you to be a swinger. Just, point out. just kidding, just kidding. Don't be afraid to be creative in the bedroom. Being creative romantically keeps the humdrum mode from setting in and cultivates more patience and forgiveness when going through the crisis years. It is about, God, he's been way into it. It is about the 15th. I thought there were five things. I'm seeing only three. Bob, you're killing me, man. There's only three. Hang on. Five great danger areas, and then there's two tips. I don't know. Maybe it's a hidden in number three. I'm only seeing two, unless we skip this page accidentally. Nope. It is about the 15th year that the dreaded midlife crisis often begins. It's, it's not untrue. Like, this is a tattoo to prove it. By now, your children are teenagers, and there is a sudden awareness of age and mortality. By the way, I love my tattoo, by the way. I'm not saying I think it was a bad decision. It's a terrific decision. Um, suddenly, teenage guys are wanting to date your daughter. Teenage girls are flirting with your son. And it used to be you who was flirted with or sought after for a date. An intense desire sets in to regain youth. This is a dangerous time. Middle-aged person has been known to dress like a teenager. That is very dangerous. Skinny jeans can cut off circulation. <laughs> Flirt with the younger generation and even go so far as to leave a spouse of a lifetime for someone who is a decade or more younger. Well, someone has experience. It's very interesting. Oh, well, I counted them. Yes, I know. The panic a person feels when he thinks he is getting old, not the ladies, uh, or her, okay, causes him or her to make extremely unwise choices. When a person panics, they make we make unwise choices because we're uneducated in the ways of romance, sex, and real culture. Okay, that's why. I'm not making excuses. Certainly not for people cheating. That's <laughs> I'm clearly that, that's not something that uh, I condone. However, when you are brought up with next to no experience with the opposite gender, and then suddenly thrust into a marriage, to expect it to be going well after 15 years without some serious intervention is ludicrous. Uh, if the marriage has become boring and the partner no longer acts, looks, or wants to behave in a youthful manner, the middle-aged person may decide to go off hunting for some spice to add to his life or her life, Bob. In his longing, it's, dude, it's women too, okay? 
In his longing to recapture his youth, he goes astray. He may have never intended to be unfaithful. Do you see a, a, do you see a trend here as I'm accentuating these words? We're talking about pastors leaving, leaving their wives, because that's, except for Jeff Owens, as far as I know, that's how it happens. He or she just wanted to know that they still had what it took to capture the attention of the opposite sex. And by the way, there's lots of couples that do that. They go to bars, they go to different places, and though the, the husband enjoys or the wife enjoys watching the, the one spouse, enjoys the other spouse, seeing them get hit on, and then turning people down. That, can, that, that actually works, and people actually do that and actually enjoy that. It sucks to be the person getting turned down. Let me attest to that. However, there are ways to do this without actually, and some people want to bring another party into the relationship. And I'm, what works for you works for you. But Bob is trying to like walk this line of like, look, it's not okay to feel this way. It's not okay to act on these urges. Again, your morality is up to you. However, you don't have to cheat when you go through a midlife crisis. There, there's different avenues to make this work for you and your spouse. And Bob is going to give you, you know, I don't know what he's going to give you, but you know, read your Bible or, or, or you know, have more roses in the bedroom. I don't know. Let me get to what he said. He or she just wanted to believe they were still attractive, but promiscuity and unfaithfulness are sadly often the end result. They don't have to be, but Bob's making it sound like it's that or be miserable. Romancing your, or, or you know, figuring out what's wrong with your church pastor. Please don't do that. Please go to the licensed therapist. If they're Christian, great. If they're not Christian, whatever. But please go to a licensed therapist. Romancing your partner throughout your marriage allows you to recapture your youth together. When those difficult times come, tell each other you are attractive. Yeah, no shit. Do things together that you did when you were dating and relive the fun and romance you shared together. There's no reason to assume that the person with whom you fell in love with 15 years ago has changed. What attracted you then can keep you attracted now if you'll purpose to let it. Tip number three. Romance, yeah, there were five things, Bob, but I only read three. I'm confused. Romance is listening with your ears, mind, and heart for a meaning behind the action and message behind the words. Learn to do your spouse's preferences, not just the stated desires. A lot to unpack on that. I don't know if I can get all that, but I don't think that's how romance is defined. I think that could be a part of it. In the day in a special way, rub his feet, comb her hair. If it is warm outside, sit on the porch and listen to the crickets. Him and Bob, uh, him and Bob, him and Jack Scott, are, they're big on crickets. Uh, go for a twilight walk or take a blanket outside and lay down together under the stars. Not a bad idea. Too hot to handle. Make homemade ice cream and create a fireworks display to enjoy together under the stars on the 4th of July. Okay. Set off some fireworks in your bedroom later by decorating your bedroom with running colored lights. <laughs> And trick candles that spark but can't be blown out. Decide ahead of time to present each other with some red, white, or blue outfits to model before bed. <laughs> There's something I want to say about that, but let me read the Chinese proverb that he ends with. Married couples who love each other tell each other a thousand things without talking. I don't disagree with that. So it's just, I'm actually getting to the point where I feel for them as I read through this, and I don't have any alcohol this evening, so that is making a difference, or today, whenever I post this. Uh... I'm starting to feel for them because I'm, I'm getting the fact that they they lack creativity, but they're also in this space where it's kind of frowned upon to say anything other than, you know, just missionary sex and make sure you love your spouse really good and wives obey your husbands and husbands make sure that if she doesn't give you sex when you want it, you talk to the pastor about it. Like that's the whole, that's the whole thing here. 
So I understand they're operating in a limited space and that sucks. And so coming up with, you know, ideas is tough and they've resorted to, you know, Christmas lights in the bedroom and then a red, white, and blue, you know, guys, banana hammock, ladies, you know, something from Frederick's or Victoria's Secret. But I just, it, it's laughable. A lot of these two out to handle things are laughable. And again, I get it. They're operating inside a very, like, tight space, if you will, but still, <laughs> you got to do better than that. All right, this is one of the shorter ones. Um, I am trying to, I do want to get through these books as quickly as I can and uh, not skip anything and, and not miss any commentary, but I do want to hear from you. So feel free to drop me uh, a comment here and let me know what you think. Let me know how this struck you. Let me know if, you know, you agree with Bob Lala on this or Joe Beth and you think I'm way off. That's fine too. Um, feel free to weigh in. Love to hear from you guys. I hope you enjoyed this quick story time with Stu episode of Dying Mother's Podcast.